JC Cornell calling in from Sarasota, Florida. Woo! That was a close one. But hey, BA coached his ass off. Tom Brady did what he needed to do. Gronk got in there with sizzling some syrup. It was a close one, but Sean Murphy bunting, game changing play in the second half. You love to see it if you're a Bucks fan. You love to see those young guys gelling. Big game, Carlson Davis. My gosh, what a fun day. You guys have a good one. Go Bucks. You are locked on Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome in, Bucks Nation, to your Victory Tuesday episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast. Thanks to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' victory on Monday Night Football over the New York Giants to move to six and two on the season. This Victory Tuesday episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com, use promo code Locked On, and you'll get twenty percent off of your next order at builtbar.com. I am your host for today's episode, David Harrison. If you're new to the show, normally the show hosted by two of us, as I'm usually joined by James Yarko, both of us writers for SB Nation over at bucksnation.com, covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. However, James is off for this episode today. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. Thank you for coming back to us here as we discuss the Tampa Bay Buccaneers week eight victory over the New York Giants to advance to six and two on the season. First, we're going to recap the game, and then in segment two, we're going to get a little bit deeper, go into some stats, break down the numbers just a little bit. Of course, we've got your voicemails from Buccaneers fans across the country, across the world sometimes, and we'll get into those as we go through the episode. Segment three going to be voicemail heavy, probably finish out the show with two voicemails, respond to those as well before we get out of here and continue to celebrate this victory Tuesday. So let's get right into it with our game breakdown. Entering week eight's primetime matchup against the New York Giants, a lot of people were looking at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to come in and have a statement victory, essentially blowing out the one in six New York Giants out of their own stadium to show the nation that they were indeed the best team in the NFC, if not the National Football League. And receiving the ball to open the game, the Buccaneers drove down the field. Tom Brady going four for six for 41 yards. Ronald Jones carrying the ball four times for 16 yards. Eventually settling for a 37-yard Ryan Suckup field goal to take a 3-0 lead. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense then forced Daniel Jones and the New York Giants office to punt on their first possession, putting the Buccaneers in an early position to try to take control of a game that they were expected to easily win until this happened. Second down and eight. Brady underneath. That was deflected at the line. That ball comes out. Let's see if that was a catch and a fumble. The Giants have it. Ingram's in the slot. Top of your screen. Three wide receivers for the Giants. Jones looking for Deion Lewis, and he hung on to it. Touchdown. Amazing sliding grab from Deion Lewis. And the Giants take the lead. Both the Buccaneers and the Giants had their second possessions last just 44 seconds with Tampa Bay's 44-second drive ending with that Ronald Jones fumble following a Tom Brady completion while the New York Giants saw their own 44-yard drive end with that Deion Lewis touchdown against Devin White, who is in coverage on the play. On their fifth possession of the game, the New York Giants would extend their lead to 14-3 to after Wayne Gallman ran the ball in for the Giants from two yards out. Brady was able to successfully lead the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense down the field before halftime, leading to a field goal, which made the score at the end of the first half 14-6. to Coming out of halftime, Daniel Jones took his offense back on the field to start the second half 
with the lead, hoping to extend the lead. But on his first pass of the second half, this happened. Pressure comes late. Jones hit as he throws, and it's intercepted. Picked off by Carlton Davis. Carlton Davis's interception of the Daniel Jones pass attempt eventually led to a 43-yard Ryan suck-up field goal after Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense converted a fourth down attempt, helping them get into field goal range, trimming the Giants' lead to 14-9. The score would stay that way until the Buccaneers' seventh offense possession of the game and a drive which produced five first downs and was aided with a 14-yard defensive pass interference penalty called against New York Giants defensive back James Bradbury. The drive wound up in the end zone in familiar fashion. First and goal from the three, tipped and Gronk still catches it, and they're going to give him a touchdown. He had possession long enough. Brady to Gronk. Stop me if you've heard that one before. The score gave the Tampa Bay Buccaneers a 15-14 lead after a failed two-point conversion try, but the lead would not last for long as Daniel Jones orchestrated a drive of his own going 6-for-7 seven for 70 yards, resulting in a New York Giants field goal, regaining the lead 17-15. to 15. On the Giants' next possession, however, Jones once again threw an interception, this time picked off by Tampa Bay Buccaneers cornerback Sean Murphy Bunting in a critical point in the game as the New York Giants were looking to once again drive down the field and potentially extend their two-point lead to five points or larger. Instead, the ball was put back into the hands of Tom Brady, who responded by putting a drive together of his own, going four for four through the air for 61 yards, including this pass. First down and goal. Ends up being a nine-yard penalty. Brady throwing for Evans in his neighborhood. Got it. Touchdown. No player in the NFL has been targeted in the end zone more than Mike Evans over his career. And another one to the list. Tampa the lead. And Brady retakes the touchdown pass lead over Drew Brees as well. That play and the subsequent extra point that followed gave the Tampa Bay Buccaneers a 22 to 17 lead, which they would then extend to 25-17 with just over three minutes left remaining in the fourth quarter, setting up the Monday Night Football matchup for some unexpected dramatics as Daniel Jones led his New York Giants offense down the field, converting five first downs despite only going five for 10 on the drive, finding Golden Tate in the back of the end zone for a 19-yard touchdown strike to bring the game back to within two points. However, it was Antoine Winfield Jr., the Buccaneers' rookie safety, who was able to to break up the two-point conversion pass from Daniel Jones, securing the two-point lead, forcing the Giants into an onside kick attempt, which was then recovered by wide receiver Justin Watson. And with no timeouts remaining, the New York Giants could not stop the clock and prevent Tom Brady from kneeling on the ball to give the Tampa Bay Buccaneers their first 6-2 and two start since the 2002-2003 Super Bowl season and just the third 6-2 and two start in franchise history. So that's how the game went down in week eight as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers came out with the win over the New York Giants. But what does it all mean? And what do the numbers tell us? On the other side of these messages coming up in segment two, we will break down some of the numbers, get into some of the statistics of this game and see how everything shaped out there. But before we talk about that, guys, we got to talk about Pepsi. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. 
This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch. I myself am a member of the League of Football Watchers, and as I was watching the Tampa Bay Buccaneers pull out their sixth win of the season in comeback fashion, I had a Pepsi sitting down there on my desk right next to my notebook and my multicolored pens that I use for color coding my notes for you guys. And I know that it helped me get through this primetime game, always a little bit more exhausting because of the late hour. Pepsi, of course, is a refreshment that I needed and you need to power through any game day. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. Pepsi, made for football watching. Stats and analysis and some of your voicemails coming up in segment two of the Locked On Bucks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, boys? Tyler from Boston. I mean, once again, a tale of two halves. Happy to see they made the adjustments especially on defense in the second half. And once again, you beat the team that you're supposed to beat. Feels like we've been saying it every week. But this has been a really pesky team for us, this Giants team. I know it's been pesky for, for Brady, too, but, you know, just for the Bucks' perspective, it's been a pesky team. Um, we should have beat them last year at home, and we couldn't, so it's nice to come into their house, albeit it wasn't a very convincing win. Kudos to them, a 1-6 Giants team, for playing very strong, giving Brady fits in the first half, and, I know they hate to probably lose on that, you know, was it a penalty, was it not? I don't think it was, but, you know, that's to be debated, I suppose. But looking for a player of the game here. Um, we know Brady's awesome. We know Evans is awesome. It might have to go to Carlton Davis. He had a great game. It might have to go to Winfield for making the stop. But, you know, I personally love having a kicker that makes his kicks, and it's something that you can – he's someone that you can rely on even when there's a bad snap or hold or when they try to ice you before the half or – you know, even if it's just the easy ones, and maybe I'm just faulty because Matt Gay couldn't beat the Giants before, but either way, Suckus gave us all the offense in the first half, and I'm thankful we have him. I think he's my player of the game. Go Bucks! Back here on Victory Tuesday at the Locked On Bucks podcast. Big shout out to our guy Tyler from Boston for calling in there with that voicemail, and of course. We got we to gotta give a huge shout-out to J.C. Cornell. You guys know him if you listen to this show. He's been on this show a bunch of times. And, of course, he's got his new podcast going out, going strong, there with Paige Demakos, the fully loaded podcast. If you haven't checked that out already, please go over and check that out. A little bit of a different vibe than this one, which is great because we all know how saturated the Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast uh, environment is, so you don't want the same sound coming from every show. So definitely a show you should be adding to your playlist if you haven't already. Love the fact that he took the time to call into this show before recording his own show. And of course, we've got more voicemails from you guys out there coming up. But you heard in JC's voicemail at the beginning of the show, giving a shout out to Carlson Davis for his performance, of course, coming away with an interception that really helped kind of turn the tide in these things. And then Tyler, they're talking about Ryan Suckup. And listen, Tyler is not the first listener of this show to call in and give praise to the Buccaneers kicker this year, Ryan Suckup, or on Twitter, or in the DMs, or on social media and other platforms like Instagram and Facebook. And I'm gonna be I'm gonna be real with you guys. I have been avoiding giving Ryan Suckup credit and love because I don't want to jinx it. I don't want to curse it. But you know something, we're halfway through the season, so I feel confident now that at following Week Eight, right, coming into Week Nine, we've got seven or the Buccaneers have eight games left. A bye week is coming up. If Ryan Suckup falls off the rails here, guys, it's not my fault. I waited half the season. I'm going to go ahead and give him some love because, Tyler, you're absolutely right. And I don't know if I would call him the player of the game. Fortunately for me, I write the best and worst over for BucksNation.com. That'll be up today as well. 
I don't have to pick just one. I get to pick three best. Carlton Davis, Ryan Suckup, definitely on that list. I'll go over. I'll go over my final best and uh, and maybe one or two of my worst as well uh, as we get towards the end of this episode. But look, Ryan Suckup, like you said, Tyler, all the offense in the first half makes four field goals and an extra point, puts up thirteen points in a twenty-five point output. Only twelve points put up by this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team today, not accounted for by the field goal kicker in a two-point margin of victory. Literally, there's only one kick in this game that Ryan Suckup could have missed where the Buccaneers still come out of this thing with a win, and that was the extra point. If he misses even one of those field goal tries, the Buccaneers lose this game. And there are a few other parts of this game that you could say if this sort of thing happens, then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers lose this game. And we'll get into a little bit more of that also. But I think it is important, like Tyler said, and like some of you have said in the past already, just this season alone, very important to give credit where credit is due, and Ryan Suckup certainly deserves some credit. You know, a lot of people were confused about this move when the Buccaneers brought him in because the last time we all saw him kick, he was a 33-year-old kicker for the Tennessee Titans making one of six attempts, 16.7% before he was ultimately put on the shelf. Now with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 11 of 13 so far, 84.6% field goal tries have been made. 96.2 of his extra points have been made. I don't have all the numbers to go back through the seasons to chronicle all of them, but you guys know just as well as I do as Buccaneers fans, those are numbers that this team is not used to seeing from the kicker position. So I'm going to go ahead and shower praise on Ryan Suckup right now. And again, by the time we get to Sunday night, if Suckup falls off the rails, hopefully none of you remember that I did this and come back at me saying that I ruined the mojo. But getting a little bit further into the statistics of this thing, uh, looking at the running back group, that's always a question that comes in every single week. Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette, especially from a fantasy standpoint. I wrote a fantasy pro- uh, profile about these two running backs on Bucks Nation over the weekend, kind of trying to see if I could take any kind of hints or ideas about who would be the running back to go with. I ended up saying Ronald Jones was the guy to go with. I know I wasn't alone. Some other prominent fantasy names that I'm not going to throw under the bus. I'll let them self-identify themselves if they decide to. I will self-identify myself here. Ronald Jones finishes the game seven carries, 23 yards, four catches for another 23 yards. I mean, not enough to win you, win you your match. Hopefully, you still won your match if you played in fantasy football. Obviously, the Buccaneers coming out with a win. That's all they really care about. But it was Leonard Fournette's night once again. Back-to-back weeks, Leonard Fournette's game. Really, it, 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 Honestly, even if you started Leonard Fournette, you're really probably not all that happy. 15 carries for 50, 52 yards for him. Six targets, three catches for 19 yards. Uh, Fournette also had a drop, and then, of course, Ronald Jones lost that fumble, which is going to hurt you in your fantasy scores as well. So not a particularly good night for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers running backs, but they did enough to make the play action work and for it to be effective. And so credit to ESPN and SportsCenter after the game. I saw a statistic, I can't remember right off the top of my head, but basically Tom Brady smoked the New York Giants coming off of play action. And you can't smoke a defense coming off of play action if they don't respect play action. And defenses don't respect play action unless they respect the run, right? So uh, kudos to the Buccaneers running game for at least being able to do that. And of course, you can always look to the quarterback, Tom Brady, as one of your best players or a player of the game in these types of matchups. Uh, Finishes with a quarterback rating 106.1, completed 28 of 40 pass attempts, 279 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, did get sacked uh, this week, even though he did not get sacked for the previous two weeks, did get hit, did not get sacked. In the previous two games, unfortunately, did get hit a few times. But making his triumphant return to the Buccaneers stage in this game, which I'm sure made a lot of people out there happy, was star wide receiver Mike Evans. Targeted seven times, brought in five of those catches for 55 yards, including that touchdown that you heard and that we talked about in the opening segment of the show. Of course, Rob Gronkowski catching all four of his targets for 41 yards and a touchdown. Jaden Mickens, the surprise targeted receiver, uh, of this game, I don't think anybody expected Jaden Mickens to come in 
and be the guy to lead all Buccaneers players in targets with eight of them catching five of his targets for 36 yards. And then Scotty Miller continuing to be a part of the offense, three catches, 35 yards. No big chunk plays this time. They did try a couple of them. It just didn't happen on Monday night. Cam Braid also getting involved. I know there were some questions about where Tyler Johnson was earlier in the game. He ends up finishing with two catches for 35 yards himself. Looking at the Buccaneers' defense, defensive backs, Jamel Dean, Antoine Winfield Jr., Devin White, Jason Pierre-Paul, and Jordan Whitehead all tied for the for the team lead in tackles with seven combined tackles apiece. The Buccaneers did get to Daniel Jones three times, Devin White, Jason Pierre-Paul, and Indominus Sue each coming down with one of those. And then Sean Murphy, Bunting, and Carlton Davis with those two huge interceptions for the Buccaneers' defense. We are going to talk a little bit, guys, about the Giants' stat box, but before we do... There is a voicemail that I want to play to kind of lead into that uh, a voicemail from someone who is, like I'm sure some of you out there listening to the show right now, a little bit frustrated, a little bit disappointed maybe about the way uh, that this game went down, that the Buccaneers, yes, got their sixth win of the season, but the way they got it, maybe not making everybody happy. But I will tell you one thing that will live up to your expectations if you give it a shot, if you haven't already, and that is Built Bar. Built Bar has been a sponsor of this show for a while now, and a while back in August, they went through a relaunch, and they improved the Built Bar, and it's even more delicious than it was before. They launched six new flavors, including cookies and cream, which has become one of my favorites, adding on to the 12 original flavors, such as peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie, double chocolate, and peanut butter brownie. These bars are covered in 100% chocolate, guys. Bottom line up front, they are the best tasting protein bars you will ever taste. They are low in calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for the keto diet. For example, the peanut butter bar comes with 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, and just 5 grams of net carbs. Continuing on their campaign with us, you can go to BuiltBar.com, use a promo code locked on, and you'll get 20% off of your next order. Again, that's promo code locked on for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Segment three, more of your voicemails, best and worst of the week eight win over the New York Giants. Coming up here at the Locked On Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, it's Yusuf out here in Phoenix. Um, I know I should be happy about this win, but I'm 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 pretty upset. Um, our defense did not play well tonight. Um, we got the stops in the second half that we needed, and you know the the defensive line did what it had to do towards the end of the game. But all the crap people were talking this week about how this was an easy win. Uh, we we don't have anything to worry about. And I've said I said all week that this is a trap game. It's a trap, and they played. They played like they were looking forward to the Saints, and maybe that's not the case. Obviously, that's a fan perspective, but to me, that was that that was a scary game. I'm glad we came out on top, but let me tell you, if we play like this next week against Drew Brees and the week after against Jared Goff, and then the week after that against Kansas City, there's no way we're winning. We played like crap. The only reason we lost tonight is because, you know, Daniel Jones and the Giants played pretty well tonight. They just didn't make the throws they needed. And, you know, we we lucked out in a lot of different ways tonight. Um, I'm not happy at all. Um, I hope that the defense can figure this out and get back on track for next week because I was not happy overall. All the crap that JPP talked this week about 
you know, basically destroying that line. It, it he 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 did make an impact towards the second half of the uh, half or whatever, but too much crap was talked, uh, and I did not for once think that was going to happen. It was a trap game, and I'm very disappointed. So good win, not good win, but. You know, <clears throat> on to the next game. Let's get ready for the Saints next week, and hopefully things can be uh, fixed in time for next Sunday. Not a happy camper. All right, guys. Talk to you later. Bye. Back now for segment three of our Victory Tuesday episode here at the Locked On Podcast Network. David Harrison here of BucksNation.com, part of SB Nation, and that was Yusuf coming out from Phoenix. And Yusuf actually sent me a tweet uh, after he called in with that voicemail, talking about the contacts, basically saying he was mainly frustrated because everybody claimed uh, that the Bucks would roll over the Giants and that uh, he was saying it was a trap game. He's happy about the win, just very concerned overall about the defense going forward with some good teams coming, good teams like the New Orleans Saints, uh, even with some of their struggles that they've had. They're still finding ways to win, and they're still finding ways to stay competitive towards the top of the NFC South along with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, of course, you've got the Kansas City Chiefs that are just kind of on the horizon. That game's going to be here uh, sooner than everybody realizes. I mean, guys, we're already halfway through this season. Uh, think about it. It d- doesn't really feel like it was that long ago that we were wondering if there was going to be an NFL season at all. And here we are now at the midway point. Granted, the NFL putting uh, provisions in place in case there's so many COVID positive tests that they have to cut the regular season short and possibly expand the playoff pool to 16 teams this season. But we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Uh, but look, going to, going into Yusuf's uh, comments, right, and about this team maybe taking this game for granted, so here's what I'll say, and, and you guys know this again. If you listen to the show before, you're probably not going to be surprised by what I have to say about this. Uh, if you're new to the show, then you know maybe this is a different take than you have or maybe something different than what you're hearing. I've never had a problem with people in the media getting overhyped, overexcited, or maybe or even fans getting overhyped, overexcited, calling you know games a must or an obvious win or you know expecting that a team is going to blow out another team and, and all that stuff because – at the end of the day, I'm on the other end of a microphone. I'm not on the field. I'm not playing. I'm not making play uh, game decisions. I'm not calling plays through the headset, and neither are you. So if you're at home, you know, talking trash to all your Giants friends, talking about how man, you might you might as well not even watch this game. It's just gonna it's just gonna hurt your feelings and hurt your soul. You talk about the Giants playing up to competition, or maybe the Buccaneers playing down to competition. And yeah, you know, listen, I I, I predicted this team would win 42 to 10. James predicted predicted this team would win, I think, 40 to 13. So, yes, obviously we did not expect a two-point victory coming out of this game. However, we also said all weekend, if you go back to the Crossover Thursday episode uh, that I had with Patricia Trainer, the host of the Locked On Giants podcast, we were still trying to identify players and, and things that this team might be able to do against the Buccaneers to possibly make an impact. One of those things we talked about was pressure on Tom Brady. And, yeah, they only sacked him twice. Leonard Williams getting a sack. And then Coughlin getting another sack. But those those sacks came at very key moments that helped keep the New York Giants in it. Kept, helped keep the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense kind of at bay a little bit. Daniel Jones comes out of this thing with just a 74.8 QBR, right? But he does complete 25 of 41 passes, 256 yards, and he does get those touchdowns. Those interceptions are the big things, and those are the things that we talked about, again, going back to that crossover, was that if Daniel Jones couldn't stop himself from turning over the ball, uh, then that was going to give the Buccaneers everything they needed to come away with this game uh, with a victory. And then, you know, uh, probably, you know, finally, you look at wide receiver Darius Slayton. Slayton's the guy that I talked about during the week. Uh, he is the know your enemy profile uh, player that I picked for BucksNation.com. I wrote the profile on him. 
And I put in there very clearly that if the, if the Giants had a fighting chance in this game, that he was probably going to be a very big part of it. And he was. I mean, he was second on the team. You know, of of, of Daniel Jones' 41 targets, uh, 29 of them went to three players. Sterling Shepard, of Daniel Jones' 41 passing attempts, 30, 29 of those targets went to three different players. Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram, guys that I think everybody by now pretty much knows who they are. And then Darius Slayton, he got nine targets, had five catches for 56 yards. And if you're if you're trying to think of who he was, he's the guy that Daniel Jones kept targeting deep over the top of Jamel Dean that he just could not connect with. And I think that's where some of Yusuf's frustration come, when, come in because if Daniel Jones connects on one or even two of those passes, this game may have turned out very, very differently. And and I totally get that, guys. But let's not get to this point where we where we in an attempt to kind of identify the flaws in our in the in the own team that we support or cover or whatever, we kind of raise up the level of the other of the other team. Like Daniel Jones missed some plays in this game. Yes, granted, he he absolutely did. But so did Tom Brady. Tom Brady also missed some plays. The defense also missed some plays. There were some opportunities that the defense uh, maybe could have taken advantage of the Buccaneers defense. That is, that's, that's the game. That's, that's human beings. We're all fallible, right? Um, Drew Brees is not going to come into week nine and play a perfect game. Now I say that, and is Drew Brees a quarterback that you could see playing a perfect game? Absolutely. But this year's Drew Brees, I don't believe it's going to happen. There's going to be situations that Drew Brees can't take advantage of, just like there were situations that Daniel Jones couldn't take advantage of. The The trick is putting yourself in position, putting your team in position where the moments that they do take advantage of you aren't big enough to defeat you. And then the moments they miss, you just kind of say, okay, cool. We got away with that one. Let's not try to let that happen again tonight. I mean, honestly, it kind of happened over and over again. Jamel Dean did not have a good game uh, from where I'm sitting. We'll let Todd Bowles obviously dish out the grades for him and all that stuff. But from where I'm sitting, Jamel Dean did not have a good game. Look, that's, that's just going to how, how it has to work guys. You just have to have a better night than your opponent. That's it. It's, it's, you don't have to come out and be and be a Super Bowl caliber team every single weekend. That's the end goal, of course, but you've got time to get to that point. February is a long way away. So is January. So is December. We've got a full month of November football before we even get to December football. So try not to what I guess what I'm saying basically is try not to let the struggles of one evening it's kind of snowballing into where we're looking at it and saying, well, now the Saints game is in jeopardy. Now the Rams game is in jeopardy. Now the Chiefs game is in jeopardy. Because, guys, you've also seen this game, this team come out and completely manhandle the Green Bay Packers and, and for the most part, completely handle the Las Vegas Raiders. We've seen this team click, and I, and I still stand by this fact uh, to this day, that I have not seen a team that when they're on, that is better than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when they're on. Every team has a bad day. Every team has the potential to come out and lay an egg. Absolutely. The key is to come out, lay your eggs against teams that you can afford to lay eggs on. And, I mean, no offense to the New York Giants guys, but the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, like you said, Yousef came out here, they laid an egg, and they got away with it. And they left with their they left their egg in New York and, and took, a, took a W back to Florida with them. So, I mean, that's, that's probably the best way I can put it. And I would encourage you as you wake up on this Victory Tuesday to look at the same, if you can. You know, I'm not going to tell you how to think. That's that's my best pep talk I can give for any Buccaneers fan uh, waking up on this Tuesday, feeling a little bit glum about your team's sixth victory of the season. The frustrations, honestly, I want what I what I wish for you guys is that you let the frustrations reside in the Advent Health Training Center, in the coaching rooms, in the player rooms, in the meeting rooms. 
with the players watching film. You know, once the game is over and you turn it off and you go to bed and you wake up the next morning, again, it's Victory Tuesday. I hope every Bucks fan out there has a smile on their face. I hope you're all talking trash to your buddies who wish their teams were in first place, even the Philadelphia Eagles fans whose teams are first place in their division. But come on, not really. Your team is 6-2. and two. They're on the top. They're, they've got a huge contest coming up Sunday Night Football next week in Week 9 against the New Orleans Saints and a chance to take real strong control of the NFC South coming out of that week. James will be back with me for tomorrow's episode. We're going to wrap up his thoughts on this game, my thoughts on this game as well. And it's a short week, guys. We're moving right into our New Orleans Saints content ahead of the Crossover Thursday episode I will have with Ross Jackson, the host of the Locked On Saints podcast. Full week of content coming up from you guys, for you guys. So I hope you come back and check that out. We've got more voicemails that we will drop into the show tomorrow, so please come back. Until we speak again, if you're out and about, please be safe, be healthy, be good to one another, and thank you so much for joining me right here at Locked On Bucks.